I do love the day-to-day, definitely. It is work, but it's like the best job you could ever have. So like, you can't complain. Welcome to the Approachable Equestrian Podcast, a place where we dive deep into all things mindset, motivation, and stories that inspire. I am your host, Rihanna Burke, fellow equestrian, writer, and competitor, and I am determined to shine a light on all things inclusive in the equestrian community. With that said, let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome back to episode number 20 of the Approachable Equestrian Podcast. Thank you all again for coming and listening in. Today I have amazing Gemma Tinney, who is a five-star eventer that is based in Sydney, Australia. And this girl has massive dreams and massive goals. And it was very fun talking with her today about where she is and her journey and the things to come. So very exciting. And please just remember that if you love our podcast, please remember to share it on your Instagram stories, tag me in it at the Approachable Equestrian Podcast. I do try to reshare everybody's tags. And also, please, please, please take 30 seconds. Just leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It just means that the algorithm picks up and says, hey, people love this podcast. We should share it out to more people organically. And the mission is to try and help as many people around the world as we can with their mindset and getting into this crazy life that we call horses. So that would be amazing if you could do that. I would love you forever. But please, let's welcome the amazing Gemma Tinney. Start with your story. Where did you, I'm guessing you fell in love with horses. How did it all begin? So obviously my parents are quite horsey. My dad is an Olympic gold medalist and bronze medalist and he's ridden since he was a kid. He used to, you know, ride the bulls and stuff. Granddad used to put him on cows in the rodeo and stuff, which he didn't like. Did he do Um, that to you? No, he definitely (laughs) didn't do that to me. So he, yeah, had a bit, he was, went through the pony club system and all that. And, and mum just moved to Australia when she was 19 and then she rode horses. Her parents aren't horses at all and still not. Gran lives on our property and has no idea what's going on with the horses and never, never doesn't really care either. She gets and, by. <laughs> yeah, she just gets by. And, um, yeah, so obviously horses in my family and I did pony club and, since I was five and did all that. And then I, I left Pony Club for a bit and then I got back into it when I was about 17 because I had a couple of friends that did it and it was a bit of fun and so I did it and then it came too hard because I, I never had my own horse. I always just had like dad would just go, yeah, you can take that one to Pony Club. You can take that one to Pony Club. Like I went through a stage where I didn't really have a horse and I actually did an event for a whole year and I thought I was going to be a show jumper. And then Pony Club obviously got hard because I had a different horse every single time and you have to do your three rally days on this horse and, you know, I barely get to three rally days a year, let alone on each horse that I – Dad was like, no, we sold that one. Got, <laughs> got to ride this one now. So you were quite so in I, the business side of things quite early. You had to oh, just adapt. Always, always. And um, I never got attached to my horses because I knew they'd just get sold. Like obviously yeah. I like loved them, but I knew that it was then never going to be kept forever. A safe, a safe distance, so you didn't get burned. Yeah, that's it. And so when they turn around and they say, you know, we're going to sell this horse now, and I go, okay. 
Um, they've been pretty good though. With Anna, you know, I, I reached my limit with her and then they were like, well, let's sell her on. And my sister actually got home from school when she was 17 and she had a horse called Frosty and she got home from school and mum said, oh, I sold your horse. Oh, <laughs> and no. I know. And But that actually had never happened to me, thank God. Mum actually, you know, mum and dad were like, okay, it's ready to move on. And I understood that. It was obviously very clear that I grew out of my horses or they weren't good enough or whatever. So, um, no, it's just it, that has been how it's been and haven't really been lucky that I got that three-year partnership with Anna and took her all the way to five-star, which was amazing. Like dad sort of gave her to me because he thought that she wasn't going to get, get past three-star, like green numbers. Yeah. And then I, she just kept, kept going. So I actually do believe that we had a really good partnership. So, yeah, wow. pretty much it. So when you were younger, was there a lot of riding with the family? I'm assuming your dad was a massive influence on you and your learning. And Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, always rode with mum and dad, but I sort of came like when I started to actually figure out like I like to try do my own things and, you know, I wouldn't necessarily agree with I don't really, obviously back then I didn't really know much, but I was like, no, I want to do it myself. I want to make the mistakes and I will know this because I'll go out and go terribly. So I kind of just said, can you please only help me if I want help? So that's been great because we ride at home every day and they leave me alone. Sometimes mum will try and say something and (laughs) I just just don't. Like I haven't had a lesson with mum in like maybe like four or five years. Yeah. It's so um, um, it's so funny. They always kids that have parents that ride always seem to end up getting lessons with someone else, or and the parents are yeah. like, "Yep, I'm not dealing with them anymore." Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, and I'll knuckle down with dad and the lessons before a competition usually because I get you know I I want to go well, so I go okay, I'm ready for some lessons because you have to be quite mentally there and ready for a lesson with dad, yeah. <laughs> especially if you're his daughter. And you live with him. So um, that's good. And I think I think he's like the best jump coach ever. So I'm, I always have jump lessons with him. I rarely jump without him. But on the flat, I've got a dressage coach that lives in Arcadia and she's really good. I really like her. So Yeah, that's so good. It's so good to see people at the very top of the sport who put such an importance on constant learning. Uh, it's so it, yeah. You see it so often where people get to a certain stage and then they just don't get lessons anymore and I mean it's it must be amazing having all that support around you all the time but did you feel pressure like I can't imagine the immense pressure that it's like oh are they watching me from the house or (laughs) you know like how did you cope with that oh definitely definitely like but dad dad was so good like he probably is looking at me going what is she doing but he just leaves it leaves it and then yeah like maybe at the dinner table he said yeah I saw what you're doing today and you know I think you should do this and I depends what mood I'm in I'm either like yep. no I don't I do it because of this and or sometimes I go mm, yeah you're probably right um, maybe, maybe you've got a point <laughs> <laughs> I know I know but yeah no it, it's a good system that we've got now I guess and um, dad's been away for so long he's still in England so I've been writing them all by myself and they're all going really well. So I must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, you must love it when you get a bit of freedom to stretch your wings a bit and keep everything rolling. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, um, yeah. Dealing yeah. with no, like definitely. basically a celebrity status parent. <laughs> 
Well, I definitely do. Like I did, you know, like I definitely had people that didn't like me for what mum and dad have done for me. Like, you know, I'm very privileged. You know, I sit on very good horses. I've had all that and and I just, it used to get to me, but I eventually just went, you know, if I, if I let it get to me, that's bringing me down. But if it get, you know, you know, I'd rather the people that waste their energy on thinking about how great my life is, that's their problem. They can use that energy. Yeah. But I was like, well, if I'm, I don't really want to, if I care about them, then I'm letting them get me down. So I've kind of just learned that people probably do say that stuff about me, but I actually haven't come across it that often. I definitely have, but I think it's just, it is what it is. You can't not like someone for what they have. 100%. Um, because it's not, it's not their fault. It's nope. just, yeah, they, they are a bit luckier than you and that's how life is and that's the card that you get dealt. And the thing um, is, is the luckiest people in the world, they can go absolutely nowhere in this sport because they... They don't put the effort in. They don't try hard. They they do mm. succumb to pressure. And I I love watching your journey because you have beaten the odds because there are so many people that are very privileged that have done nothing with it. So mm. it's it's really good to see because people think, oh, I have the biggest problems because I'm poor or I don't have resources. I never had resources as a kid. You know, you you make the best with what you have. And exactly. Um, yeah, and it's so good to see that you're smashing it. Like I, you know, I absolutely admire you because I want I want to get somewhere like what you've done. And the fact that you're getting there is I see it as inspiration and paving the way for other people to get there. So, you know, whether you've got the best horses or not the best horses and things like that. So, yeah. So growing up so heavily involved, like in the horse community and things, like what do you feel like is a really positive area in the equestrian community? I think. Well, I think I'm very lucky because I'm on the um, next gen um, high performance squad and we are really close and we communicate a lot and we have Zoom meetings and, you know, we're supported and, you know, I actually had Will Enzinger call me yesterday and check up on me and see how I'm going, what my goals are and we have to write down our goals. And so it is very motivating because you kind of, you like I don't even think of my goals and then, you know, Will will call me up and say, come on, you have to do your your, your goals for this year and I'm like oh true yeah I probably do I have to figure out what events I'm going to and what where I want to be at the end of the year and where I want my horses to be at the end of the year and what scores I want to get by the end of the year or yeah it really makes you think about it so I think for us on the squad it's it's really good I think they've got a great support system there and it, it's getting better and better especially through COVID we've actually been communicating so much more because we've just done Zoom. Like usually we'd get together, but that would be too hard. So now we're just using meetings, which is really good. Yeah. And then I think, you know, there's all the clinics that happen and I think that's really fun for people to get out and meet people and, and, and meet the, the riders that they see from a distance and they go, oh, wow, you know, I wonder what they're like and I actually can, you know, have a lesson with them. Like I think that's so cool. Yeah. And also watch them overcome things that they themselves have to deal with. It's so mm. handy to be mm. able to be riding in a lesson with someone that is having the exact same problem as you, even though they might be 10 levels above you. And, mm. you know, you always go back to basics and learn that sort of stuff. So just in case people don't know what it is, so what is Squad? How do you get selected? What do you, what does it involve? So pretty much you have to get a certain uh, score at three star and above. So you have to fit the criteria. You have to get a certain score in the dressage, a certain score in the show jumping and a certain overall score 
or whatever. So you do have to um, have the results and and, to, and be good enough to be on the squad. So you've got your next gen squad, which is like people that are in the next generation coming through. Then you've got your green squad, which is people that are pretty close to being on, you know, your team and stuff like that. And then you've got your gold squad, which is pretty much, you know, dad, Shane, Birdo, all yeah, those. all the top level, so, um, going to go to the Olympics, those sort of people. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So that's pretty much it. And there actually is there is another squad below Next Gen, which you can get on, but you, you can come to our, our squad trainings, but you um, pay. A fee yep. for it because I remember my my groom at the time Courtney she got on it because she got a certain amount but she was only in um she was only in Tusa so it's definitely open to a lot like she got an email saying you know you've reached the criteria to, to come to these squad days wow um and oh she was so excited so I'd be excited. over the moon yeah I know I know I think that's really cool because it's you know it's giving people motivation to you know it's really good tuition too you know you've got yeah. we've got and Rod Brown and and um yeah it's and it's good because now we've got like a little community and we've got each other to support each other and we'll have to send videos of us doing dressage tests and stuff like that yeah <laughs> to the wow. whole group. that's so good because I think everybody's just searching for that belonging and finding a community so you know for anyone that's listening maybe they can think oh wow like I could set that as my goal for the next year or two mm. years to be a part of that squad so it is open for everybody I'm assuming yeah I think so that's awesome. <laughs> I'm not really the one to ask, but yeah, 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 sure. So yeah, so you've been competing since you were so, so young. So how do you go in the lead up to your events? You know, obviously you prepare a bit more with your dad, but do you have any any ways to mentally prepare yourself for the pressure of a competition? I think I've been really lucky. I don't really get I don't really get nervous. Yeah, I'm just I'm not really like that. It's not really who I am. Like I'm just so you just more yep. buckle down, train harder, focus on. Yeah. What do you focus I, on I, before? I definitely try to get my horses out before because you know what what we do is we buy horse show jumpers and we make them eventers and but we move them up the grades so quickly that when you know when you go out you know yes I'm entered in the four star but this horse like needs to I need to get it out get it used to everything like I try get them out as much as possible because they're still literally learning you know they're not school like seasoned four-star horses they are literally brand new to everything as soon as they nail a level they go up another one yeah so it's just constant I got to constantly get them out because yeah mainly they're spooky (laughs) so yeah yeah well show jumpers are usually so careful and you know that what that's what makes them so careful Mm. well yeah that's it that's it and you got to get them out as much as possible so it's in the next couple weeks I'll be going to dressage lessons and I'm like I'm teaching a little clinic this weekend just with my students and I, I'm going to take my horses just to sit on them just so they can be out because they haven't been out in so long. Um, no, no one has. Yeah, no one has. So I'm pretty excited about that. We'll see how that goes. Yep. That's Hopefully awesome. I remember. Has there ever been a stage where you've just thought, yep, I'm going to throw in the towel. I can't, I'm not going to be a horse rider anymore. I, I'm going to think of doing something else or? Well, no, definitely. I've gone through all that. Like, do I want to do this? Thought there for a bit that I wanted to, you know, tone it down. And I was like, I'm going to go get a normal job because I can't get, there wasn't enough work. Like, I wasn't getting enough lessons. So I went and worked at the plant nursery with my best friend. How old was that? I probably, it was probably like three years ago, four years ago. And um, 
worked with my best friends for about two months and <laughs> it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I worked there three days a week and my back hurt and <laughs> my everything hurt. And I was like, okay, that's it. I am. I actually got let go too. <laughs> I got fired because <laughs> I think me and my best friend just back around all day. I feel um, like as well the universe has a really good way of showing you, no, this isn't the right path for you. Get back on this your is not. I was like, oh, my God, I need to teach and ride and teach and ride because I just doesn't feel like a job. Yeah. And, you know, and so, yeah, I just went, yep, I'm not being a normal person. I'm going to ride because I, oh, I, I couldn't do school. I barely got through the HSC and I didn't study after. Um, I've always really struggled academically, always, and I knew I didn't want to go to uni and I went, well, and I'm, I'm always active, always doing stuff and I wanted to do something hands-on. So I was just like, I'm just going to have to do horses because I literally can't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, like as well, like if you've got such a big gift, you're denying yourself if you don't share it with other people, you know, you, you want to become the best version of yourself so that you can show it to other people as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. Horse riding was like the one thing that I've always just kept been good standing at. out. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, why would I go to uni and fail? Why would I, you know, do this thing and not because I was so used to failing or oh, I'm so used to failing. So when I failed in horse riding, it's not a really big deal either. I'm actually not a very competitive person, which is probably not ideal. It's a bit surprising. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not really competitive, but I'm very harsh on myself. Like if I didn't ride the best I could, I'm like, I feel like I failed again. Like but that's really good because you're competing like against yourself. Yeah, that's it. That's how I feel. Like I'm not like I can't believe he beat me or she beat me. Like it's more like I could have ridden so much better. <laughs> yeah, I mm. love that because that's um, you really get lost sometimes with competing and when really, yeah, it all comes back to you. you. It is a sport that you compete against yourself and everything like that. So if there's anyone else that was thinking, oh, I want to get into horses and things, what do you think, what would you tell, say, one of your students that said, I want to do what you do? And they say they didn't have the resources behind them and things like that. Where would you tell someone to start? I think the biggest thing about horse riding is that you can never really predict what they're going to do. So if you're, if you're very invested in, in it, it's actually going to let you down because you can't predict your horse. You probably rode it amazing in that show jump round and you have four rails. So, you know, you just got to ride the best you can and don't don't let the little things get to you because horses are so unpredictable. I had a couple of students that are very, very smart and because they can't nail the horse riding because no one really can, it's all up to your horse in a way. They just couldn't couldn't get their head around how they, why they couldn't nail it because they're, they're so good at everything else. It, like but in their then, life, they're so good at everything else. Yeah, like yeah. They, they get 90 you know, in all their exams, 90 to 100%, and then they get on the horse and go, why isn't this working? It's just like, well, you've got to adapt to your horse and you've got to feel what he's feeling and you go, oh, he's a bit behind legs, I'm going to kick a bit more. It's not it's not like textbook stuff in a way. Yeah. So it's a feel. It's a feel and you need to be flexible. And you, just, and, yeah. and you actually have to have, like it, there's, there's a lot of people that d- just don't have a feel as well. And then teaching that is so hard. So it's, it is, you know, you just have to, yeah. There is people that definitely get on a horse and they just cannot get it. So you're you're pretty lucky when you get on a horse and you can fix these problems that you feel. Have you ever had any major setbacks or any major falls in your riding? Um, I definitely have. I had a huge setback 
um, with my horse Annapurna. I was entered for my first three-day four-star at Wallaby Hill and I just started pulling off jumps. <laughs> just oh. get, would get there and I'd go, I can't see a distance and I'd just pull off. <laughs> and they're not really the kind of size jumps that you want to be coming in at the yeah. wrong distance. Yeah. And, you know, I it wasn't because I couldn't see a distance. It's because I was panicking and I was looking away, not realising I'm looking away, not seeing a distance pulling off so I was pulling off fences literally like a week out for the event and you know dad, dad was really good he he just I don't know what he said but I think I think it all boils down to you know you you have to just mentally be like I can do this just look at the fence jump the fence so I definitely went through a phase of doing that and yeah I paid for it I got a couple run outs at, at Wallaby Hill because my horse was like are we jumping this or not <laughs> She's like, isn't we doing this fun thing where we turn off to the left every time? (laughs) Yeah, literally at an an apex. So I went through that stage for about six months. wasn't ideal, but got through it. How did you turn it around? Did you go back to basics and just kind of unpack it all and then just build up again or? It's not not really what we do at Tinny Eventing. We don't really go down. Well, I don't anyway. You know, it's not an option dad just goes like why can't you just jump this fence like you have all those other times I'm like you're right so no the the jumps don't go down I have to jump them so it's a mental hardiness to come back and go yes okay reality is I have done this before and I will get past it so I'm gonna trust my body and my muscle memory that I know what I'm doing and that's it yeah yeah definitely try I've got a good eye I rarely miss and even if I do miss it's I'm always going like two miles an hour because I don't go fast. Bit of a nana. I'm slowly getting faster. And I just went, yeah, just jump it. It's just a jump. So sort of just. Yeah, mentally eventually. backing yourself. It took me, yeah, it took me six months to get over it. My God. It was, I don't know what happened to me. Was um, it driving you nuts during the process? Because I can't imagine anything more frustrating. You're like, I logically know that I can do this and it's mm. all just gone out the window and yeah, my brain's just failing me. Yeah, and and it was probably a good thing that I was entered for Wallaby Hill three day because I actually was like, I need to pull my head in if I want to go to this three day three day event, which I really wanted to because it was my first ever four stuff long format. I was like, I have to stop doing this. So I thought I stopped before I got there. When on the on the day, I was really good. Actually, I have never been so nervous. That actually in that start box, do that was the most nervous I've ever. Even at Adelaide five five star wasn't as nervous I don't know I must have just gone I think everyone goes through stages you know like I get it with my students all the time they just go through phases where they feel like they can't do it and they're not good enough and you just got to keep keep going keep going don't give up and, and trust yourself and back yourself yeah yeah that's it yeah definitely so what yeah. do you what do you do outside of horses? Do you, you know, how do you keep a good balance? So because if you kind of horses, 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 it can be very, you know, you can kind of feel the burnout and things like that. So what do you do outside? Mum always says I have a very good work-life balance, a little bit too good sometimes. Um, <laughs> well, you are young, you know, you can enjoy yourself a bit. That's what life's for. Yeah, no, I'm 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 super lucky because mum and you know, mum and dad, they they get it that I'm young and they get it that I don't want to be tied down to the property just yet. And, you know, the, and dad's obviously still so into the rioting and stuff. So I'm sort of, you know, it's, I'm sort of still on the sideline a bit. So if I want to 
go out and stuff, <laughs> it's okay. Like they don't go, no, you have to be home and like do the horses at this time and blah, blah, blah. They, they are really good. So, um, yeah, no, I do lots of things. I, I mainly, I work at Horseland um, during the week, a couple of days a week, uh, which, is, which is horsey, yes. And then um, I go to the gym every day. I work out every day and I teach and ride. And then I usually, yeah, just either compete on the weekends or I'll go out with my friends. Yeah. Because most of my horsey friends don't live around here. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, because we're all so far away from each other. Yeah, it's a big area. sad. Yeah. yeah. On that note, sorry, just back to you going to the gym every day. So, you know, I mean, I'm guessing you ride countless horses every day and things like that, and you still do the gym on top of that. So how do you find why, you know, for anyone listening going, oh, but I ride a horse a day and that's enough exercise and things like that. I mean, I know for myself when I first started eventing, I um I should actually bring this up now. I um <laughs> I had one of my most embarrassing moments ever in horse riding in front of your whole family. I dare say you probably don't remember, but one of my first ever cross country rounds that I had done because I'm only quite new to competing. I've only you know been riding for like I've been riding since I was young, but we didn't have the you know we didn't go to le- like I didn't have lessons, didn't go to competitions, and I finished my first ever cross country round at Camden. And I got off my horse and my legs just gave out from under me and I fell over, landed on my back. I'm just lucky it was my old boy, Kobe. And he just stood there looking at me like, what what are you doing? (laughs) And your whole family ran out and was like, it's okay. It happens to all of us. And I'm like, I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't happen to you. You don't. Oh my God. (laughs) I embarrassed the absolute. Oh, I embarrassed myself so much and they were just so cool about it. And so I have learned over time, like the importance of exercise outside of the horses, but how do you find that it helps you? Oh, I was the same. I was like, I ride so many horses. I have no energy. I couldn't possibly go to the gym. (laughs) And then, I don't know, about three years ago, I was like, I just really wanted to get fit and healthy. And it's it's a mindset, definitely. So I just really wanted it, so I did it. I just went to the gym every day and ate well, and now it's just my lifestyle. Like I get up at 7 a.m. and I go to the gym, and then like thank God gyms are back open now because we've got a home gym that I set up way before Dad uses it sometimes that I set up a while ago. So that was that was good. That kept me going during lockdown. But uh, absolutely, I've noticed so much my fitness, like, when like I used to yeah come back puffing and because like you can't really get fit fit for competition you know what I mean like training at home we definitely don't push ourselves nearly as far as we do when we compete um so it's made a massive difference huge difference huge difference um but yeah no I definitely need to sometimes be careful because I'll work out too hard and I'll hurt my back and then my back will hurt and I have to go to the physio and (laughs) And then yep. I'll work out so hard that my legs hurt. I can't sit trot. So I definitely do tone down the, the, the gym before I go to a competition. I say I can't train my legs too hard today because I will not be able to get through the weekend. Yes. Um, and I do. And I get. I don't get nearly as sore either. I used to have to write off Monday after a competition if I like, could not get up. Um, I remember that. And now it's fine. I don't get sore at all. So it's definitely been a and huge And that's really benefit. good to know because you would think, you know, the older that you get, 
the harder it would be on your body for competition, but clearly the mm. preparation is what's helping you yeah, get through. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, dad, when he found out he was going to Tokyo, he was like like a week out before he left. He was hitting hitting the home gym up. He's like, better get fit for the Olympics. I was like, Dad, you're a week out. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've been training for three years. Yeah. Oh God, he's funny. So have you got your sights set on getting yourself to an Olympics anytime soon or is that on the horizon? Definitely on the horizon. I'm hoping, you know, that I'm going to have my horse Diablo for uh, WEG next year. And But COVID happened. I have not qualified, so I need to knuckle down. There will be no long formats for the rest of the year. So... Fingers crossed in March next year, I'll probably take him over and do some events and try and qualify for WEG. So it's looking pretty, pretty cool with him because he's, he's honestly the, the most talented horse I've ever sat on. And, and I feel like I just, I'm, I feel so safe on him cross country. Like he's just a gun. So if, if I want to take any horse five star, I want it, I want it to be him. So I'm, I'm pretty desperate for that. And I feel like I'm getting getting a bit old, older. I need to knuckle down. Sorry. Um, how old was your um dad that just went to Tokyo? <laughs> I know, I know. But then you see, you know, all those other like they're from different countries and stuff, and they're you know oh, 21 going around this or you know. And I was like, oh god, I'm 24, and I haven't really done much. Haven't done so, your first one yet. I definitely need to go, and I really am def- desperate to go overseas and do some events over there. So, um, yeah, I'll take him over because I really want to take a horse over because otherwise you just end up grooming and not riding that much. So, yeah, gonna, yeah, take him over there hopefully next year and do all that and just even the experience would be yeah. so cool. There's some so. pretty exciting goals. So how do you like, – you were saying earlier like you – don't normally sort of set out your goals, but now that you're on the next squad and things like that and you have to think about them all the time, how do you set your goals? How do you make them realistic? Or do you go, no, I'm not going to make them realistic. I'm going to shoot for the moon and just, you know, hope to get there. And if I don't, I'll land in the stars, that sort of vibe. Or are you really like, you know, strict with them or how do you go with that? Um, well, I think watching mum and dad do, do it all and, you know, what happened to dad at Tokyo was absolutely devastating. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm not, my expectations are never high. They're never there. Like I want it. I really want to go and I'm going to try, but I'm never, I just, I don't overthink it because you can't horses, you know, they'll go lame. They'll get, you know, you just don't get your hopes up. So I'm just going to. I just try and ride the best I can, deal with the deal with what I've got at the time, and it is what it is. Um, yeah. But I'm like that. That's my personality. So I'm actually pretty lucky there that I don't get too worked up about all that stuff. But no, I definitely do have a plan. Like I'll sit down and when I'll go, okay, I'm going to this event, this event, this level, this level, this horse. This is where I want to be at the end of the year. But I mean, it, that literally takes like 20 minutes to do. Yeah. So. Yes, and like, it's yeah, the day-to-day. Cool. How do you keep <laughs> yeah, yourself and- motivated to do the day-to-day? Like, you know, obviously you say gym is one of them. What other things do you do to make sure that you keep yourself on track? Do you have some sort of reminders along the way or do you find that just general competition helps you along or what's your 
Yeah. What's your, how do you stay so motivated? Because getting to the top is not a small feat at all. It's huge. No, and then, yeah. you know, it's definitely the competitions for sure. Like as soon as I was like, yeah, maybe I should try and get to where I'm just like, look, I'm all of a sudden motivated, like riding and training and, you know, with Diablo, I'm, I'm pretty strict. It is definitely competitions, I think. Because, you yeah. know, when I'm going, oh, yeah, this one's only doing freestyle whatever this weekend, I'm kind of just going, oh, I'll focus on the other one. And I probably need to get better at that because I do get really distracted as well. Like when I ride, you know, I'll say, oh, Dad, did you see that? My horse just jacked up and I ended up down over there. And he says, no, I was riding. You should, I was concentrating. You should try to do it once sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'll be riding that. around and I'm, I'm looking at him and he goes, and he is just like, tunnel vision he doesn't even see me literally almost falling off right next to him and I go because he get airpods in so did you see that and he goes no I was concentrating I was like wow so like yeah he's that. like switched on like every moment <laughs> oh every moment switched on but also it's second nature to him now so and it's it's becoming second nature for me definitely yeah. I'm getting way more um across what what I need to do and not have to think about it so much which is exciting because it just makes riding just that little bit easier when it's second nature yeah that's what I love about this sport you it's you can continue to do it and get better at it with more experience you Mm. don't cap out at you know you don't cap out at 24 Mm. you've got so much time (laughs) to become the most amazing person at it so that's very exciting yeah yeah oh dad's still learning oh I can't I'm actually really excited for him to come back from England because he's gonna have so many theories of how the horses should be ridden because he would have learned so much when he went over so um there's gonna be some serious lessons I think yeah that's cool yeah that's exciting well we'll definitely have to get him out for another clinic then I know so for some words of wisdom so you have gotten to the top if someone else wants to get to the top of the sport what sort of Little things can they keep in the back of their mind to help them get there? What are things that kept you driving along when you were, you know, obviously coming up the grades? I definitely think what I find with a lot of my students is that I I get them to talk out loud when I teach them because when I teach them and I tell them what what to do every single time, they can never do it, go do it themselves. So sometimes they'll they'll do a round and they'll come back and ask and you know it wasn't that great and I go well what were you thinking about and they go I don't know because that's a lot of the time when when you put the jumps up you go yep you've nailed ninety so let's put them to a meter the brain goes blank because they're nervous yeah they need to be able to when they get nervous make their brain work better so they need to go these jumps are big I need to concentrate I need to do all my jobs. And, and do them and then, you know, because so many just go blank because yeah. they're so nervous. So if you talk out loud with what your jobs are at each moment in time, you know, forward, balance, release, do all your jobs, you'll end up well because, you know, that it doesn't work doing that. You know, I don't, I wasn't in that start box when I went and did the five star going, shit, I'm really nervous. Yeah. I might not just do anything. <laughs> yeah. Because you got to do got to do more when you're nervous so you got to make sure that you have that brain power and and if you can't if you put the jumps up and you can't think logically they have to go back down yeah because you're not going to get through and you're going to skate horse going to skate self and then you've lost your confidence and you'll be doing off jumps blah 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 yeah so wait till you're ready you're really ready yeah 
That's awesome. Well, before we do wrap it up, I've got a bit of a quick fire Q&A for you to get through. So are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Beautiful. So, all right. What is your one go-to exercise that you'll always go back to with your horses? I think probably the balance of the shoulders. Always make sure they're not sitting out. They're always sitting up and then, you know, inside leg to outside rein sort of thing. I was just always always have a check up with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm doing any lateral work, I go, oh, this feels yuck. Oh, the shoulders are out. Let's go yep. back to that. Back to yeah. the shoulders. Perfect. Um, what is one thing you can't live without? Definitely my saddles. I'm just obsessed. So I had a huge back problem. Like I actually was going to get it injected with whatever you get injected because it was so bad. And then they Bates brought out the RTs and my back just stopped hurting. Wow. And now I can sit trot. Now I'm slowly getting a core, had no core because I couldn't engage my core because my back was so sore. So I sit trot was the most hardest thing. So, yep, definitely that. And then also I really struggled with my jump position for a long time. I bought so many saddles with my own money. Mum's like, no, you, you want to buy a saddle, you have to go buy yourself one. If you can't fix that position. So I went and bought all these, everything, and then Bates brought out the Vitrix and that's just been life-changing. Changer. Like I don't have to think about my position at all now like all right I have so, strong position and I never yeah. did <laughs> awesome so what is your favorite riding memory or achievement oh probably five star on Anna <laughs> yeah and yeah. did you only do that once or twice I did it once okay awesome. I took her in the in the three star yeah the year before I think if you could go back and give your younger self a piece of advice what would that be it's not really anything like I think I'm pretty proud of all my failures because I've learned so much from them. So I don't really want to, didn't want to not do them. So um, maybe tell your younger self that failing is a part of the process. Failing and, is okay. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So if there is anybody else that I could ask to come on as a guest on the show, who would you suggest is awesome? I actually did have a bit of a think about this one. I reckon Sinead Lowings, my best friend, she'd be she'd be a um, good one to talk to. Awesome. Yeah. And all right, so where online can we find you if we want to follow Gemma Tinney Eventing? Yes, I'm on Instagram, Eventing, I think it is. And I'm I'm also on TikTok, but not it's not overly horsey but it's just on on tiktok i don't think i'm on anything else and obviously my facebook page Gemma, gemma.tinnyeventing perfect but yeah and are there any sponsors that you'd like to mention absolutely bait saddles love them coprice feeds all of our horses on coprice trm that's our supplements and horseland i work at horseland love horseland weather beater and I think that's it. Beautiful. Are there anything? I hope I didn't miss anyone. <laughs> it, it can happen, you know. So, are there any last words that you'd like to say or add to our conversation? Or is there something else that you are really passionate about that you like that you are finding is just, you know, a big part of your life at the moment that you'd want to share? I don't think so. Like, I'm thinking, you know, we're all getting back into the swing of things and I'm super keen to do all the clinics and, and get out there and do all that and start to have a bit more of a routine because, I yeah, I lost so much work and I didn't work at horse and I didn't teach. I barely, I barely rode because I just 
I couldn't. So I, I'm so excited for everything to kick back off, and I think everyone else is too. Yeah. Um, because so if I'm anybody not sitting still. I can imagine. So <laughs> if anybody wants to come and get lessons with you, is it something that can be done? I mean, whereabouts are you based and what's the best way to get in contact? My Facebook page or my Instagram and I'm in Moralia, New South Wales in Sydney, just an hour out of Sydney. You have to bring your own horse. I don't have any horses you can ride. Um, I've got a jump arena, a dressage arena, and I teach anyone they that I've teach kids literally like five-year-old kids and I've taught 80-year-old women like all yeah. ages so you're very easy. approachable and happy to welcome everybody I'd like to think so yes that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome so there you have it everybody you can get a lesson with Gemma herself she's accomplished so much and definitely has so much knowledge to share and yeah thank you so much for coming on the show today it's been Awesome. And thanks for letting us dive in and find out all about you and, you know, how you cope with life and things, even though you've been under so much pressure from such a young age and you just handle it with so much grace. So thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lots of fun and I was really um, excited to do this and it was really, really good. Thank you so much for listening in today, guys. It was honestly a privilege to have you here. If you loved anything that you heard and got something out of it, please remember to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Also, if you could, we would be so grateful if you could leave a, a rating or, and a review um, just so people can find us more organically and we can reach more people like you who want to work on their mindset, hear awesome stories to keep themselves inspired and also work on their motivation. So thanks heaps, guys. Have the greatest day. I'll see you all again soon.